Uh, God, thank you for your grace, and thank you again for the honor of being your church, your hands, and your feet. Would you bless this time now as we jump into your word, and uh, would you speak to every soul here, God? And by your grace, work in me and through me. May your Holy Spirit have his way, as always. So open up our hearts, give us eyes to see and ears to hear, and hearts that are soft to receive your word, and I pray your word falls on good ground and bears much fruit in our lives. Help us to get a new perspective, your perspective of our life. I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, What happens when things don't make sense in our world? What happens when things just don't make sense? As I thought about this, I thought about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. That's what I thought. I thought, this does not make any sense. Anybody else with me on that? Who doesn't care, really? You don't care. <laughs> God bless you. Um, I, I, I shared this in Kansas City when I preached on Tuesday, just because I thought that's a great place to share this. But um, I want you guys to hear, I don't know if you heard this or not, but they found a note in Travis Kelsey's locker in a football locker room, and he found a note. It was folded up, and it said this. Um, So it's going to be forever, or it's going to go down in flames. You can tell me when it's over, if the high was worth the pain. Got a long list of ex-lovers. They'll tell you I'm insane, because you know I love the players, and you love the game. (laughs) Did I tell you how much I like preaching to people who talk back at me? Uh, what happens when life doesn't make sense? Uh, on a more serious note, uh, what happens when life doesn't make sense? And maybe you've been there before when you look at your life and you're thinking, okay, why did this happen to me? Been there, anybody been there before? Why is this happening to me? Why did I lose that job? Or, or why did that accident happen in our life? Or why was I slandered behind my back? Why did they, why did they hurt me? Why, why am I going through this health issue? I didn't expect to go through this health issue. I didn't expect to go through this relationship trauma. I didn't expect that at all. I didn't expect to be betrayed. I didn't, why is this happening to me? I don't get it. Have you been there before? I have too many times. I think one of the things we've heard before, and I've heard it before many times, is someone says something like, everything happens for a reason. And I'm just going to be honest with you, um, that's hard to hear. I just want to slap you if you tell me that, because that that doesn't work all the time. What do you tell the mom who lost a baby? You want to tell her everything happens for a reason? Or what do you tell that, that family whose father has Alzheimer's and has changed and doesn't remember your name? You want to tell them everything happens for a reason? Or that, or that grandma who played the organ in the church her whole life and all of a sudden she's alone and nobody's caring for her. You want to say everything happens for a reason? Or that child that's battling cancer or leukemia or that mother or whatever it is. Do you want to say everything happens for a reason to them too? I think it sounds good. I like that it it, it feels good. And I understand like the spirit behind it. But it, 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 it doesn't always make sense. 
it doesn't always make sense. You know, it doesn't always make sense when you run into these kinds of things. There's some things in life that don't make sense on this side of heaven, right? Why did this happen to me? How could they have done it? How could he have done it? How could she have done it? Why, am I, why did I have this accident? Why, is, why did I get evicted? Whatever it is, there's some things that happen in life that just don't make sense. Why did that suicide happen? Why is my spouse going down this road? Why is, why is my kid going down this road? The book of Proverbs, we're in this series called Pearls, and we're looking at some incredible words in the book of Proverbs. book of Proverbs was written by King Solomon, the wisest man to ever walk this planet. There is a couple of verses in the book of Proverbs that arguably might be uh, some of the most famous verses in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, there's 31 chapters. I encourage you to read one chapter a day because there's 31, uh, one chapter for, based on the month. But anyway, Proverbs chapter three, here it is, verse five, here it is. You know what, guys? It's so short. Let's read it together. This is a great, great verse to memorize. We're going we're gonna to read two. So just soak it in. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Let's go verse six. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. I, I, I just love those two verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. There's a lot in those two, two verses. Um, I had a missionary friend that I've talked about before. He was a missionary to Papua New Guinea, and he had a heart of a missionary. There was really, I, I learned how to love from him. And uh, when, when my son was very, very young, I'm guessing he had to be about seven years old or something like that. Um, Wallace White was getting ready to leave this world. He was getting older, and we, know, we knew his days were numbered, so we went to Colorado Springs to go visit him. And I'll never forget, uh, Wallace turned to my son, Jay, and told him, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. That's what he told him. And I didn't expect that. And then, and then, uh, and then uh, he, uh, he asked my, my son, uh, do you understand that? And he said, yes, I do. And then he said, but will you do it? But will you do it? I, I think that's the real question. Will you do it? Let's look at this, guys. Let's, let's break this apart a little bit. Trust in the Lord. What does that mean? There's a big difference between I believe in God and I trust God. Huge difference. The demons believe in God too. Huge difference between I believe in God, like, yeah, I'm aware that there's a supreme being and I'm going to go to church, but to trust in God is about a personal relationship with God, to trust in God. In fact, the word trust there, we're going to get geeky a little bit, means this, to lie helpless face down. That's literally that word, that's what it means, to lie helpless face down. So here it is. It's this idea of I'm going to just, I'm not going to move until he tells me to move. I'm waiting and I'm listening for God. I'm his servant. I'm not going to be anxious. I'm going to trust him. 
trust to lie down as a servant and wait on God. Trust. When I saw that, I thought, oh, that's different, isn't it, guys? Because we could, we, we could do things, and we could become antsy, and we could become impatient. But a relationship with God involves you to completely trust him. Trust does not come from the head. It comes from the heart. It comes from the heart. It's not the result of reasoning. It's the result of believing. It's the result of believing. Um, here's the truth. We're imperfect people. And because we're imperfect people, we wrestle with doubt, unbelief. We wrestle with what if scenarios. And we wrestle with, you know what? It doesn't make sense to me. So it's hard to, to, to lie down and trust and wait on God. There's a story in Mark chapter 9 about a boy who was possessed by the devil. He was possessed by a demon. And the father went to Jesus, and the disciples were not able to cast this demon out. But the father went to Jesus and said, you know, if you can do this. And Jesus was like, what do you mean? If I can do this, all things are possible with God. But in verse 24, the father said, the father said this, the father instantly cried out. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I think this father, I don't think he was rejecting Jesus. I think he was being sincere. I think he was saying, you know what, I, I'm, I, I believe God can do anything. And, and Jesus, I, I want whatever you have to offer. And, and I believe there's power in prayer. But there's something inside of me that doubts. And it's there. And I feel it. And it's hard for me to, to really get past it. And it's like, I don't, I don't know if I can get past it. Charles Spurgeon said this, while men have no faith... They're unconscious of their unbelief. Think about that a little bit. Men who have no faith are unconscious of their unbelief. But, say but with me, but, as soon as they get a little faith, then they begin to be conscious of the greatness of their unbelief. Did you catch that? When you have no faith, you don't know what you don't know. As soon as you get a little bit of faith, like this, like this man who, who's like, okay, Jesus, I've heard about your miracles. I've seen what you've done. Then all of a sudden, his unbelief became obvious within his own heart. All of a sudden, he's aware, you know what? I, it's like that person who, who's walking with God, and then you recognize, you know what? I thought I was like in deep waters with God, but now I'm realizing I've been living in an inch water with God. I thought I knew, I thought I had a relationship with God, but now I'm recognizing there's more to God than I expected. And God's not done with me yet. And God's still moving. And he's still working. I just didn't realize it. Trusting God doesn't mean an absence of doubt. It just means you're not going to let that doubt dominate your faith. You hear that? There's nothing wrong with saying, yeah, I got doubt here. That's kind of being human in many ways. But it's a choice 
to say, I'm going to trust on the promises of God. I'm going to trust the word God gave me. I'm going to trust the word God gave me when I spent time with him. I'm going to trust the word God gave me at church. I'm going to trust God as a loving God. He's a faithful God. He's a good God. He's a God who keeps his word. He's a God who's all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. And I'm just going to trust my God. Even though I have a little bit of doubt, I'm going to keep walking by faith. That's a choice. That's a choice. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Then it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all your heart. I, I find it interesting that, that some things need to be spelled out in Scripture. It's just not trust God. It's trust God with all your heart. That's complete that's not trust God with most of your heart or trust God, you know, as much as you can, or, or it's not, a, it's not even a conditional trust where I will trust as long as things happen the way I think they should happen, or I'll trust as long as it makes sense to me. That's not trust. It's this idea of, of lying down and trusting God and, and spiritually surrendering yourself to God and saying, God, I know you called me to do this, but I'm going to do it. And it can be hard. It can be hard if you've been abused, if you've experienced some sort of abuse, verbal abuse in your life, sexual abuse, emotional, mental, whatever. You've been hurt by someone. You trusted them. And you were hurt. There's really a short step then. We could have a hard time trusting God because we have seen trust defined or not defined, right? But Jesus is different than anyone else in your life. <laughs> Jesus is different. God is faithful. God will never let you down. God will always carry you. His grace is sufficient. He will watch over you all the days of your life. You can trust him with your future. You can trust him with your loved ones. You can trust him with your health. You can trust him with every scenario and every circumstance in your life. He just wants you to trust him completely. The second, the second part of verse 5 says, And do not lean on your own understanding. You know what that word lean means? I got a stick here to help me. <clears throat> it means just what it says, to lean on. Let's put that up. It means to lean on, to rely on, to trust. So I'm putting some weight on this right here. If you were to kick this out, I probably, I might even fall. I'm putting enough weight that I might fall. And the scripture is saying to lean on him. It says, do not lean on your own own understanding trust in the lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding that means don't lean on your own reasoning i'm talking to christians and non-christians church and unchurch that means don't lean on your wisdom that means don't lean on your perspective. That means don't make conclusions based on what you think or what you see. Do not lean. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. 
Do not do that. In other words, you know what Solomon is saying? Don't trust yourself. Don't trust yourself. Because it's possible you could be wrong. Proverbs chapter 14 says it like this. There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So you may see something and you may think this is right. We should do this. We should move. We should leave. We should buy. We should whatever. You fill in the blank. And you come to your own conclusion just based on what you see. And scripture is saying, you can be wrong. You're not always right. Turn to the person next to you and just tell them you're not always right. Can you do that? See, I know some of you didn't believe that. I know you didn't believe that. <laughs> I, I, I think for a lot of us, we would be like, yeah, I know that. But do you know that when you're sharing your opinion? You might say, yeah, I know I'm not always right. But do you know that when you're arguing? Does that thought still come into your mind? Or is it absent? It sounds good. I'm not always right. But do you know that in those moments when you're trying to like prove a point? I mean, are you willing to listen and stop talking? Ooh. Are you sure you know that? Are you sure you know that? Don't trust yourself. Uh, you know, this, uh, this, uh, this uh, phrase right here, Adam Clark said it like this. Self-sufficiency and self-dependence have been the ruin of mankind ever since the fall of Adam. The grand sin of the human race is their conditional or continual endeavor to live independently of God. The grand sin of the human race, to do life without God, to, to lean on your own understanding. And you see in scripture, God takes it personal when you lean on something or someone other than him. He called uh, his own people Israel out on this. They were leaning on Egypt. And in Isaiah chapter 31, the prophet says, what sorrow awaits those who look to Egypt for help, trusting their horses, chariots, and charioteers, and depending on the strength of human armies, instead of looking to the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Chapter 36 says, if you lean on Egypt, it will be like a reed that splinters beneath your weight and pierces your hand. Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, is completely unreliable. What's your Egypt? You could lean on someone or something and it not be God. You could lean on a man. You could lean on a woman. You could lean on your career. You could lean on a boss. You could lean. The biggest one is this. Do not lean on your own understanding. You know, people make decisions based on what they're leaning on. I've heard people, you know, when people make decisions and they tell me, oh, we decided to do this or do that or whatever, you know what that's telling me? It's telling me what they're leaning on. And you could lean on your own understanding and be wrong. And God takes it personal. You know, when you lean on something, your Egypt, eventually you find out, you know what? It's not as strong as I thought it was. 
it's not as reliable as I thought it was. And it's only as you lean on that that you discover that. And God says, I want you to lean on me. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. What's your Egypt? Only God can support the weight of your worry, anxiety, and fear. Only God. Do not lean on your own understanding. Here's why. Because human understanding is polluted by sin. Human understanding is polluted by sin. That's the first reason why you shouldn't lean on your own understanding. Ephesians chapter 4 says, They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. So this is spiritual talk right here. This is saying, you know what? When your heart is hard, when you have pride, and when you have arrogance, and you have sin that you're, you know, have in your life, it affects your ability to understand the life of God. There's a spiritual connection between your heart and your understanding. It affects your ability to discern the will of God. So it's not good to lean on your own understanding because, because your human understanding can be polluted by sin. Number two is this, human understanding is limited. Paul the Apostle said in Romans, Oh, how great are God's riches in wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? Who knows the Lord's thoughts? How many times have you seen something and you thought, I don't understand why this is happening? How many times has God worked it out in a way that you did not expect? And you look back and you're like, well, I, now I can see. When we were starting Thorn Creek Church, we thought we were going to start it in Colorado Springs. We were part of a large church there and had an incredible support system. And in my mind, I was, this is what I was doing, guys. I was leaning on my own understanding, thinking it's going to happen over there. I just know it. Because if it happens over there, I have this in place, and this in place, and this in place, and this in place, and this in place. And you know what God did? He just like said, like, you know, he just like, no, that's not going to happen there. And I'm like, well, what are, what are we doing? And then God said, I want you to lean on me. And then he took us to North Denver, which wasn't even on our map. Haven't you seen God move like that? Here's the danger. When we, we make big decisions, we make big... I almost knocked over the communion table. i got to be careful. We make big decisions about our life when we're leaning on our own understanding. They're angry with me, so I'm going to leave. They're talking about me, so I'm going to leave. Nobody cares about me, so I'm going to do this. Nobody wants to... I'm not important, so I'm going to leave. They don't hear me, so I'm going to... Whatever it is, we tell ourselves things, and we always tend to believe whatever we tell ourselves. But we do that, and we think, oh, you know what? Because of that, then I'm going to go ahead and leave. But you have to be careful. You have to be careful. Number three is human understanding is often different from the wisdom of God. In Corinthians, it says, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, <laughs> and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So your wisdom foolishness under the eyes of God. And the foolishness of God is greater than your wisdom. 
And just because it doesn't make sense doesn't mean God's not working. He's not in it. Hear this. You can be upset about something that God is doing. You could be upset about something that God is allowing to happen and God is at work, but you don't see him at work because all you're focused on is your own perspective and your own understanding. And that's all you see. In the Bible, you see New Testament mysteries all the time. Here's a few of them. James, the brother of John, was martyred for Christ. But on the same occasion, Peter was delivered from prison and spared from the same ruler. Why was Peter spared and James killed? The, the early Christians, the Jerusalem Christians, had to wonder about that. That had to be puzzling for them. Why was one missionary killed and another missionary spared under the same ruler? Or how about this? There's these, these four incredible missionaries in the Gospels you read about. Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke. And they arrived in the city of Philippi to do missionary work. Two of them, Paul and Silas, were whipped and thrown into a prison. Paul and Silas, whipped and thrown into a prison. The other two were untouched. Why? Why were those two whipped and, and thrown into a prison and, and the other two were untouched? Or what about Epaphroditus? We don't hear a lot about Epaphroditus, but he was Paul's helper in Rome. Epaphroditus became desperately ill. And you know what happened? He recovered. God healed him. But his partner, Paul the Apostle, had this mysterious chronic issue known as the thorn in his flesh. And he was never healed of it. So why was Epaphroditus healed? And Paul wasn't. You see this over and over in the Bible like this doesn't make sense. And sometimes we naturally think, well, they must be doing something wrong. I mean, that's what Job's friends thought. He must have some sort of sin in his life. He must not be living right or whatever it is. But you know, God's ways are bigger than your ways. His thoughts are bigger than your thoughts. When I was living in San Antonio, I got an offer to do inside sales with a company in Austin. While I was there in Austin, I moved from San Antonio to Austin. While I was in Austin, <laughs> I started volunteering at a local church. And you want to talk about time? Let me just tell you this. My wife and I were separated Monday through Thursday every week because she was traveling to San Antonio to go to the University of Texas in San Antonio. And I would only see her from Friday through Sunday. And I was given about 20 hours of volunteer time in youth ministry. Now, I'm not saying that to brag about me. Not, please don't hear that. I'm just telling you, God made a way. God made a way. But here's the point of the story that I'm sharing with you. I thought I was moving to Austin to be part of this company. You know why I was moving to Austin? You know why God moved me there? To be part of this church. And it was at that church where I heard this president from a Bible college in Colorado Springs and I made a decision to move to Colorado Springs. And I, I, I cut my teeth in a lot of ways at that church. 
I thought it was about a, a job, but it wasn't about a job. It was about a church. And it changed the trajectory of my life. Hear this, you have to be careful about reflecting on a difficult experience. From your human perspective, it may not be what you expected. It may have felt like a failure. And you may have walked away discouraged. But from God's perspective, you did exactly what you should have done. And there's a bigger purpose God is working on. You hear that? Too many times we can lean on our own understanding and we make conclusions, we make decisions based on leaning on our own understanding. And I wish I could tell you that when you go to church for a while, or if you grow up in the church, or maybe even if you read the Bible, or maybe even if you call yourself a Christian, I wish I could tell you you'll, you'll never make those kinds of mistakes. But you can't. Maybe it's because of that sin and doubt and all of those things that kind of find their way in our hearts. Maybe that's why. Verse 6 says, In all your ways, acknowledge him. That means to know him. It's like, you know what? I'm going through this tough time, but I choose to know him in this valley. I don't know why this accident happened. I don't know why this health situation is going on. I, I don't know why I got this disease. <laughs> I don't know why I lost my job. I have a friend, and maybe you've experienced this before. This friend was told he could leave. He used to live in Colorado, and he was, he, he was told, you know what, um, there's a job waiting for you in Virginia, and you can pastor over there, and you can have this position over there, and you can have all this great salary package, and it represented financial security. So he uprooted his entire family, moved across the country, and when he got there, it was within 30 days, he figured out it's not what he was told on the phone. Uprooted his entire family. Have you ever done that? And then all of a sudden you realize, what did I just do? What did I just do? Verse 6 says, and he will make your path straight. So when this was written during the days, in the Old Testament days, when this was written, there weren't roads like what we have roads today, highways and I-25 and state roads and all that stuff. There weren't roads. So what the, the king would do is he would send out his servants and his servants would go before him, they would kind of like Google map the destination and they would go before him. And you know what their job was? To remove the big rocks and all the stuff that could hinder the king's travel. That was their job, to make the paths straight. Remember, John the Baptist did the same thing for Jesus spiritually, did the same thing. And here, right here, this scripture is saying, he will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will go before you and he will make a way for you to travel. He will smooth out that road. It doesn't mean you won't have trouble. It doesn't mean there won't be any giants along the way. <laughs> It doesn't mean 
there won't be times when you'll doubt but your God will go before you and you can trust him to go before you because you're trusting in the Lord with what? with all of your heart lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight you can trust God you can trust God I don't know what you're going through right now but I want you to hear this you can trust God you need to give her to him you need to give him to you can trust God somebody needs to hear that you can trust God it may feel like your world is falling apart but you can trust God it may feel like I don't know why this is happening but you can trust God it may feel like I don't know why he's going down that road but you can trust God it may feel like I don't know why this is happening I don't know why I got sick I don't understand I didn't plan this it's unexpected but you can trust God 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 you don't have to worry about anything you can trust God there's nothing impossible for your God trust in the Lord you dare to go with me trust in the Lord with all your heart Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Know him. And he will make your paths straight. I got to read this in the message. Now that I've you know, told you over and over the NASB. Here's a message. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. How many times I've experienced stuff? Have you ever walked away from something thinking, I don't know what that was all about? You know what I mean? It's like, I've experienced that. I'm like, well, I thought I was doing, I know I was doing what God told me to do. And you walk away like, I don't know what that was about. And sometimes God doesn't show you immediately what it's about. But here's what I've discovered, guys. Whatever you are going through, whatever uncertainty, God is teaching you to trust him, to rely on on him and as you walk by faith what i've discovered is by the grace of god you look back at your life and god shows you this is what i was working on because god's ways are bigger than your ways this is what i was doing it didn't make sense at the time but this is what i was doing and i'm thankful to god for those moments but sometimes we have to wait for those moments a little bit don't we I mean sometimes if you get laid off you just need to say praise God because God has a better job for you that's the hope right that's the hope I think I'm done I think I'm done I think I've said enough <clears throat> I want to encourage you to turn to the Lord maybe your first step is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior Maybe you're here right now in this church 
because things have happened in your life and you've been leaning on Egypt and you've discovered Egypt's not strong enough and maybe God is exposing that to you praise the Lord turn to God while you have breath don't wait don't put it off turn to God while you have breath God thank you for your word and holy 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 are you almighty God you're so good your ways are perfect your thoughts are above our thoughts your wisdom is so much greater than ours you're all-knowing and all-present and all-powerful and we are choosing to trust you right now we might have a little bit of doubt inside of us but we're not going to let that doubt hold us hostage God I want to pray for those people who are ready to receive you if you're ready to become a Christian right now you can say this prayer say Jesus I ask you to come into my heart I ask you to be my God be my Lord be my Savior forgive me for my sins right now I choose to become a Christian I choose to walk by faith so teach me how to do that others of you might need to say this God I have been leaning on the wrong thing I've been leaning on my own understanding but it's gonna stop right now I don't know why this happened I don't understand completely but I'm going to trust you completely God I'm gonna surrender completely to you I'm gonna trust you with all of my heart and lean not on my own understanding and in all my ways acknowledge you and trusting you will make my path straight so right now God I give you my worry I give you that person I give you my relationship issue I give you my future I give you my health I give you my kids I give you my job and I lay it at your feet God I'm gonna lean on you thank you God it's in the name of Jesus Christ we say all this amen can we thank God for his word guys